Today we chat competition prep, travel, managing jet lag, onboard Dr. Mac again, giving us all the science with Rachel Gleason, WBFF Diva Bikini Pro. Let's get it going. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want, and should know about health, fitness, nutrition, and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. All information provided in the podcast is the opinion of the individual and other contributors and does not represent the policy, procedure, or opinion of any other corporate entity or third party. Warning, this Body Science Podcast occasionally contains strong language, which may be unsuitable for children unusual humor which may be unsuitable for some adults and advanced science which may be unsuitable for bro science majors stay tuned the body science podcast is about to start this podcast is brought to you by hydroxy burn shred increase your energy and ramp up your metabolism before training hydroxy burn shred combines several carefully selected stimulant agents that have been proven to support fat loss these key ingredients with an industry-leading four gram serve of acetol l-carnitine support the mobilization and utilization of stored fats to be used for energy stick to your nutritional plan by incorporating ingredients that may help to contribute to an improved sense of well-being and enhance mood by supporting healthy brain function. Take control of your weight your way with therapeutic ingredients proven to support weight management, fitness goals, along with appetite balancing. Welcome to today's podcast here with my co-host, Dr. Mac at the Dr. Mac, still the worst uh, Instagram account on the fitness industry world. It's full of potential, Greg. It is it's full one of the potential. Best potential Instagram accounts in the world. It is. Today we're talking about comp prep, travel, managing jet lag. We've got ourselves a special guest. We absolutely do. So team, for those watching the video, which will be on YouTube, chant it. Won't it? Somewhere. Probably needs no introduction. Rachel, Rachel Gleason's in the house. So Rachel's our uh, resident WBFF pro bikini diva, diva techni- yes. technically. Love that diva. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's competition time of the year. We thought what better than to get someone in who's in the thick of it, got a lot of experience around comp prep, you know, someone who can give us some some you know, experience and some real world sort of tips and things to do and what not to yeah. do, I suppose. I'm starting to ramble. Absolutely. But, that um, was a good little ramble though. So, right, for those, so for those, there'll be a lot of people who are very familiar with your background who are in the competitive space. For those that may not be totally familiar with, you know, your background in terms of training and all that sort of thing, can you give us the you know, the couple of minute overview of your yeah. comp history and stuff? Yeah, sure. I have been competing for four years now, I uh, only with the WBFF. So I uh, started in fitness. Yep. First time I competed, I got third place. Second time I competed, I got a second place. And then the last time when I received my pro card, I got first place. So yeah. it's been a little bit of a process, but it's been a really cool one. I've learned a lot of things along the way. I'm very... Very lucky to have trained alongside and under some quite experienced and very knowledgeable people in the fitness industry. So yeah, cool. in saying that, that's what's gotten me to this place that I am now. I, um, I, I was training under a few different coaches in the first few years that I was uh, doing comp prep yep. and then I decided to do it myself. So we'll dig into that in a, in a little bit more detail because yep. I'm, I'm really interested and I'm sure the listeners are really interested to hear about you know your experiences there yeah, working sure. with coaches and versus as you say now prepping yourself which is yeah. you know probably not the norm it probably a lot of people now well generally a lot yeah. of people are using coaches in yeah. one form or another and it, it probably leads into a good chat around this whole industry right online coaches uh, are everywhere everyone's an online coach it's sort of evolved greg's about to say something but you know it's the evolution of 
I suppose, for personal trainers to broaden their commercial offerings and so to speak. I'm interested in your thoughts around face-to-face comp prep experience versus, you know, someone who might get an online coach, you know, pros and cons and feel free. I mean, you can give people a plug if you want to give someone a plug who you've worked with or, you know, what's your – have you always had on a face-to-face coach? I think in regards to if you've if you've never competed before, having a face to face coach is imperative. If you because you obviously you don't know your own body, you're still figuring things out yourself. So you're going to need someone there to help you out with that. If you have competed before and you do know a lot in in the training world or in in comp prep, then yeah, online coach would be a great way to go. Mm. Yeah, yep. particularly people in remote you know centres, people you know I don't know out in the middle of nowhere who, yeah. who may not have access to a lot of knowledgeable, you know, experienced cop and prep coaches. I agree 100%. I think there's some pros and cons. There's, you know, people who, and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, if you have never competed, it's a really challenging situation, Absolutely. right? And and a little bit intimidating. And, you know, I encourage people who, if you haven't competed and you're thinking about competing, get to a, some comps, yeah. like get along, have a look at how things are run on you know on the day of the comp. I mean, the real interesting stuff's what happens backstage, which yeah. is all pretty cool, and we can talk about that as well. But you know, it's a challenge. I mean, to get into contest ready shape, to get on stage in that sort of conditioning, you know, often it's good to have a third party who's just giving you some you know unbiased feedback. And I think for people who haven't competed before. I really do see a lot of value in the face-to-face yeah. person you can have contact with on a, maybe even a daily basis yeah, or absolutely. at least a couple of times a week uh, and they can give you some feedback versus – because it's hard to do and I've tried to do it and I'm – you know, I, I sort of dabble. For those that know me, mainly in strength conditioning world but had a long sort of uh, – a lot of associations with, with bodybuilding for, for 20 years. I probably now – I don't do comp prep but I – I talk to people like you and yeah. I talk to you know a few other people who are doing different comps and maybe give them a tip here and there around what they might do. And that's if they're experienced, that's pretty easy to do yeah. because you can then bounce off them, you know, what have you done in the past yeah. and, and what do you think works for you? Because what works for you doesn't work, work necessarily else, yeah. for everybody. Right. So so novices I think uh, it's worth the investment. I yeah, think, you absolutely. know, whatever you know, without having to spend oodles of money versus someone who's done a few comps, got a good feel for where they're at and how they've responded previously yeah. i think you can probably get away with it like yeah. like you said yeah. and that particularly when you get to the the sharp end of the, the stick with what everyone calls peak week I'll, I'll probably call it tweak week in terms of peak week so we're talking about that last week really last yeah. 10 days week leading into a comp and my little catch cry thing for people is you know you're not going to win a comp two days out or three days out, but you can definitely, definitely lose, lose one, one two yeah. or three days out. But I say this to footy teams that I deal with all the time: you're not going to win this, you're not going to win the premiership in the first six weeks, but you can lose one, you know, pretty easily. So I guess on that, right, you know, leading into, well, I guess, I mean, hypothetically, you know, you're now at that pro level, you're you're competing in pro comps, and yeah. if we think about, you know, on your radar, what's on your radar? Hypothetically, there's. The next thing for you to have a crack at is probably Worlds yeah. at some point in yeah. your future. Yeah. And that might – I mean, there's Worlds coming up in nine weeks for the WBFF and definitely not asking you to tell us what you're doing. But, you know, hypothetically, if you were competing, you know, what, where are you at now with, with what you're doing? If you were nine weeks out from a comp, what, what are your priorities? What are you thinking you would like to do? Um, I would have already been well and truly into my training by now and yeah. into some kind of diet. So what sort of lead-in do you normally do? So I normally do – 
like four week blocks. Yep. So I'll start off with, it depends on, it depends on what I guess I'm, if I'm doing fitness or if I'm doing cleaning, most of the okay. times for fitness, I would come in doing like a strength base yep. and then I would sort of break it down doing, so it'd be more, more hypertrophy volume, yep. um, just different styles of training. Um, and I change that up every four weeks. So yep. diet wise, I always, cause when I'm not competing, I sort of don't really track too much. I'm very, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I can eat intuitively. So, Me too. Yeah. Greg, um, what do you do? Do you track? Do you track things? I you're may keto, have never. Man. I may have never stood on stage, mate. You're keto, yeah. though. <laughs> Greg, you're heavy keto. You lost 22 kilos on keto. I do like keto diet. Yeah. Yeah. We need to come back to that. Massive Sorry, fan. Rach. We no, keep, no, that's need to right. come back to the keto. Love Are there the many keto. Uh, keto competitors out there? You know I what? That, I would imagine there would be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a famous guy called Dave Palumbo. Was a massive bodybuilder, like 320 pounds or something, in the 90s. I think he was. He was keto. He's one of the first keto guys. Keto, and I'm staying in my lane here because yeah. we always stay in our lane. But and we'll get someone to come in and talk keto. I think that's probably our best bet. If Harriet ever answers her phone. If Harriet Walker ever answers her phone, we'll get her in. But, Seriously, um, Harriet. I think people. Off track completely. We'll come back to it, Rach. But you keto, are a little bit off track. Just uh, so you, you know, know, if you yeah. want to be keto, you're 85 fat, right? Yep. If you're going to do it properly, so a lot of people don't. A lot of people do some sort of modification of that. Yeah. What I absolutely do know, because I my I, I don't call myself keto, but I I have a unique approach. How else could I maintain this sort of specimen of a physique? But tongue in cheek but i think if you're not careful with your keto early on and i'm not saying um i'm trying not to no, say exactly um, you can lose muscle you yeah. can lose muscle pretty quick in the first month on keto you've got to modify your protein intake as well the other thing people forget when they go on a calorically restricted regime and it doesn't really matter how you do it a lot of but you're going to lose about 25 percent of your weight's going to be muscle mass yeah. if you get okay. it wrong the strength training modifying your macros and all that sort of thing. It doesn't really matter whether you're a, a what IIFYM or a macro carnival or whatever. There are some unescapable truths that happen when you go into caloric restriction. Anyway, that's off topic. But Well, how does that affect peak week? Like, well, this we is at? it. So I guess we're getting into peak week. Sorry to cut you off, Rach. But so getting into peak week, I'm, I'm big on... My, you know, my other catch cries, keep the main thing the main thing, right? Peak week is not a time for change. No. I would think. So what like your peak week, Rach, what what in terms of the nutrition, how do you what do you do? Like what's your week? Well, peak week I definitely do change my nutrition. I, I usually lower my carbs, um, increase my fats a little bit and definitely lower my protein. Yep. I cut out a bit, a quite a bit of my sodium. And, but I do keep water the same. I yep. usually drink four, lit, four liters, even sometimes more a day, even up until. Cool. Actual. Why do a lot of people drop their water? Rach, do you have a what's uh, the what's the in the trenches? What are people saying? They 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 usually do a water load. I think it's about ten days out. They start with up to ten to seven liters, and yep. then they slowly drop it down as they believe that it completely dries them out and it, it takes out all of the water from their body, so it makes them look drier, leaner. Yeah. Okay. Sodium wise. We're kind of well ahead of where we kind of wanted to go. But sodium-wise, I think the research tells us anyway that you don't want to completely eliminate sodium from your diet. I mean, sodium plays a really important role. You know, things like blood pressure, plasma, blood volume, things like that. What happens when people drop out there? And sodium-wise, I think you should probably certainly drop it a little bit. Yeah. You know, it depends yeah. what a little bit means. You know, if you're taking 4,000 milligrams of sodium in a day, then you might want to drop down to 2,000, 1,500, yeah. something like that. You know, it, it'll be a, a little bit of an individual thing, which is where the experience comes into yeah. play and yeah. a comp coach and things like that. So give you some some tips around that. Can I ask a question here? Like from a novice point of view, if you do get a coach, 
Yep. Where are they pulling this data from? Like, wh- where is this science coming from? Yeah, well, this this is the, uh, the conversation we have every podcast around. Uh, there's a lot of urban myth. Yeah. Some of it will be experience or, you know, maybe they've tried it one time and it did work for them or they've tried it on somebody else and it worked a few times for them. So it can be experience, like, I guess, research. Just yeah. yeah. It's probably more anecdotal than it is hard and fast peer-reviewed research because the research will tell you don't drop sodium out completely. Yep. Uh, and that's on the back of the fact that if you do that, aldosterone, which is a mineral corticoid, will skyrocket. What sodium, sodium, sodium depletion leads to a few different things, but one of the things that uh, aldosterone will do, aldosterone's there to provide regulation of blood pressure and things like sodium potassium within the system. So if you take that out, the body will drop into this almost like a self-preservation type of approach yep. and it'll want to hang on to that stuff. So it'll stimulate sodium and water resorption and that's primarily going to be in your gut. Fundamentally, you know, that'll lead to... You know, resorption in the gut, bloating, flattening right out, and it's the last thing you want to look at, yep. you know, when you get on stage. I think the take-home message would be don't deplete your sodium completely. Yep. So, Rachel, <laughs> uh, what else in terms of your, your week in terms of training? Uh, training? Like, what are you, what are you training-wise? Like, legs, when do you drop your legs out? Things like that. Okay, so maybe about four or five days out. So if I was competing on a Saturday, probably yeah. on a Tuesday, I'd cut out my, my let and that last leg session. Mm-hmm. Then everything from there is quite light, full body workouts, mm-hmm. sort of keep the intensity up. High rep yeah. sort of stuff, yeah. 15 reps yeah. above kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I think it's pretty standard and I think it's, it's a good way to go, yeah. absolutely. I think the volumes, you know, we tend to want to drop the volumes off. The hard work's done yeah. effectively. Yeah, no one's going to grow in the last yeah. three days and you want to be able to, you know, sort of recover from those workouts early in the week and things like that. You, use, you don't use creatine? Do you use creatine no. very much? No. Nah. Because one of the things I get asked a little bit about is is creatine loading versus should I take it out? Should I put it back in? Should I, should I do anything like that? I actually think you go one way or another. A, do you need to take creatine? Some people absolutely love it. Other people perhaps not. I think there's value in it, absolutely. I tend to tell people if they're going to drop it out, to drop it out about 10 days out for about five days and then load on about 20 grams a day, sort of five. With carbs? Yeah, yeah. With, with carbs, stay constant. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then the last couple of days, you're back into your maintenance dose of yep. about five grams a day and that'll tend to you know, fill out. You'll know, tend to get the best bang for your buck that way. That's probably, anyway, that's my tip on creatine for the couple of people that have asked me recently. What about day of the show? It's busy, right? Yeah, that's usually the day that everyone gets the most stressed. Sure. Uh, yeah, because it's, um, oh, I mean, nerves, stress. Got to just be prepared, absolutely, 100% prepared. Have your meal ready. Yep. Know the, what time that you have to be at the show. Um, pre, pre-plan the timings that you should have your hair and your makeup done so that you just, you get there and you just, the only thing that you have to worry about is doing your little pump up and preparing your walk. Absolutely. So... Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I, that's, again, what I tell people. It doesn't matter whether it's physique competition, rugby union, marbles. It doesn't matter. I'm all about, you know, get there early, familiarise yourself. So in the, in the case of physique competition, get to the venue early. Yeah. You know, there's going to be hair and makeup. Like with these shows, you know, some girls are going to be there at 3 a.m. to get their hair and makeup yeah. done. And so then the question is, well, what do I do? Do I go back to the hotel? Do I stay at the venue? You know, I know you tend to... 
I do. I do all of my everything. I usually do all on my own. So I do my own yep. hair and makeup. I just feel I more feel comfortable doing it that yeah. way. But I do know a lot of girls will um, will get up quite early to have their makeup done and then go mm. back and I guess chill at the room and, and practice their posing before they go to the show. So yeah, yep. that all makes good sense. Yep. I think. And the question is, you know, depending on whether you've depleted or loaded or so, what do you do with your carbs? Do you do you deplete your carbs? What do you do? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah but, uh, on peak week, I do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the night before the show, I will have some carbs to sort of guess, restore all the glycogen, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then the next day, I will have. Usually just some rice cakes and honey, maybe a little bit of peanut butter. I usually keep it pretty clean. I yeah. Don't, yeah. I think on that, so what we see, and we talked about this before a little bit around, you know, we often see people eating bananas or fruit, lollies, yeah. chocolates, trying to, you know, glycogen load effectively. Mm. If we can give some people a couple of tips. So dietary carbs, right, and uh, most people know this, but we've got two simple sugars. We've got effectively glucose and fructose, right? So sucrose is about 50-50 glucose and uh, fructose. Yep. So we know fructose is metabolized in the liver to, to glycogen, right? Yep. But that's effectively where most of it will stay. If you're going to try and load up on lollies and, you know, those really simple high fructose type foods – I guess what I'm saying is you're doing very little to aid your muscle glycogen levels, which is that fill-out term that we yeah. use. Whereas if we rely on traditional carbs, so probably the boring stuff, yeah. you know, the rice, rice and the potatoes, potatoes and yeah. that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, certainly we'll see a better conversion to, glyco- um, to glycogen in the muscle. Yeah. We'll find that you know, people will get that fill-out effect that they're looking for. So if nothing else, people... Stay away from the lollies on comp day. Yeah. Stick to what you've been concentrating on for the last 18, 20 weeks yeah. and it'll hold you in, in yeah. really good stead. The risk of potential um, looking bloated on stage. So. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. that fructose, again, on the back of like when people, if they sodium deplete, aldosterone spikes, and then they take all this fructose, which will tend to just resorb fluid into the gut. Yeah. And again, you end up with that flat, bloated, Look, the other thing's fiber. You know, you stay away from you know yeah. really high fiber things yeah. on the day. It tends to cause a bit of gut disturbances yeah. and even the night before. Even as the well. night before, yeah. absolutely, and that'll minimise your chances of discomfort in yeah. your gut, which again just lends itself to a better experience on yeah. on comp day. Okay, sorry. So what else on on comp day? Like when you're can between, we yeah go oh, sorry mate can we no, just talk show, about man. carb loading? Like let's give us uh, a download yeah. on it. So traditionally, I suppose, and jump in, Rach, but traditionally there's been this process. The idea is to, whether it's in sport or whether it's in physique comp, the mm-hmm. idea is to optimise our muscle glycogen levels, yep. right? Traditionally, what the model has been is probably a three or four day depletion. Mm-hmm. So drop them right out. Mm-hmm. And in fact, some people will go no carbs. Like, you know, you can go very low or no. And I'm talking really low like under 50 grams a day type low and that's usually followed by a loading phase which will be again maybe two three four days and so that's you know a lot of people have done that for a really long time and that is has been pretty effective the research now tells us that you don't necessarily need to do the depletion phase of it okay but there is some value in the the loading or the yeah. adding the carbs back in. And there's and it's not new, mate. There's some research off the top of my head, there's some research that was done at the University of WA probably fifteen years ago. Fairchild, I think it was, was the was the author. But fun and it was with race walkers. Fundamentally, they were saying that the the depletion phase is not necessary anymore and you can just you know carry on from a normal carbohydrate diet 
and add more in. Increase them. Yeah. yeah. That was just as effective as doing the depletion. Okay. And that's, you know, fundamentally what it's all about. Take them out, put them back in, and you get this piggyback effect effectively. Yep. And fills you out. For anyone who's listening who's done that knows exactly what we're talking about. You know, it's a noticeable shift in your physique and a noticeable shift in your energy levels and your ability to perform exercise. Why it's not it's it's great for things like physique comp and and one off events, but for example in the NRL, you can't do it twenty six weeks in a row. Yeah, gotcha. It's just not gonna happen. I tried. (laughs) But they good test subjects actually for a Mm. lot of things. But and that's the fundamental premise of it and again we come back to the conversation around well what do you use what carbs do you use well you stick with your you know traditional carbohydrate sources rather than your fructoses and and your sucroses and things like that because you got to remember cause and effect right and we've we've talked about cortisol and hormonal shifts and all that sort of stuff with you know really dramatic changes in your nutrition it's going to have an impact an impact on it as well and that's why you hit the nail on the head with you know not having a stressful situation we talk, you know, we can talk about stress all day and the implications of stress and the cortisol spike that we see with that and the hormonal effect that we've talked about on this podcast previously with insulin sensitivity, with neuropeptide Y and cravings for sugars and, and salty foods and thyroid function. Yeah, exactly. So, yep. you know, issues with T3, T4, reverse T3, and then the downstream effect a T2 at a, at a muscle level, nothing happens in isolation, right? It's all, there's a lot going on. Some big words there. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's what you want to do, right? You want to eliminate, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I say this to everybody, on, on comp day or game day, whatever it is, the athlete's the rock star, yep. right? There's things that we can do, arrive at venues early, familiarize yourself, have your meal prep done, know where you need to be. Things like that takes all of the drama out of it and you can just get on with, Okay, I know where I need to be. I can do my, my pump up. And enjoy um, the process. And enjoy the process, yeah. you know. And it's That's really a big thing, isn't it? Enjoy the process. Absolutely. Massively. That's the biggest thing. What yeah. are you doing it for if you're not going to go yeah, there? Absolutely. Do it? Yeah, absolutely. Because it comes and goes so quickly, yeah, right? You know, you you're spend- on there for a minute, maybe even less. And then it's and then it's over. So you've got to enjoy the it's like you have to enjoy the whole thing. Really, it is all about mindset. But yeah, on the day, just take it all in, enjoy it. Yeah, that's it's massive. Yeah, that's huge. And because it's really diverse, different, I've been involved with different federations, you know, around the place. And, you know, you want to be able to enjoy that process. It's a great opportunity to meet new people. Yeah. And I mean, it all sounds a bit philosophical and stuff, right? There's, you're never in your life again. Like normally, right? You're doing your comp prep, you, you, you're doing your meal prep, you're training, you're doing all that stuff, your cardio, and you might have a, you know, nine to five job. And no one gets it, right? No. No, no one else gets mm-hmm. it, right? But you you rock up to the comp registration night and you sit in a room with maybe 100 other people and everybody gets it. It's pretty cool. Normally you come home and maybe, you know, if you still live with family, you know, mum and dad probably don't really understand why I can only have, you know, a, a handful <laughs> of carbs or whatever it might yeah. be. Certainly my mum was always like, you know, Eat all the food on your plate, Dale. You know, yeah, exactly. you got to do it. Yeah. So people get it, right? And you can have really good conversations around, you know, making networks and doing all that cool stuff, yeah. which in a sport that is individual, you don't really get that all the time. And that's been the evolution of some of the teams with the coaching teams has yeah. become really yeah. popular in the yeah. physique world as well. And I can see why people – I think people want to be part of something, which Absolutely. is pretty cool. Yeah, um, part of the tribe, mate. Yeah. So, Rachel, you want a team at all? I am not. I am my own team. 
Wow. Uh, yes. Team Rach? Team Rachel, yes. Yeah, Team Rachel, <laughs> sorry. So talk us through it, Rach. I mean, you know, that's that's. I think that's very cool. Yeah. Um, I don't want to know how I can join Team Rachel. <laughs> yeah, well, you're well, welcome to join Team yeah, Rachel. Absolutely. Um, I guess that's the main reason why I have prepped myself and I do like prepping myself it is to show um, I guess everybody else or anyone that does want to train under me that I am someone credible that has has done this before and I do know what I'm doing so that was the main reason why I did want to do that so yeah I am open to I am actually uh, going to begin doing my having my own team that's cool how long well it's all it's all in the works now so yeah awesome (laughs) so you've got a fair background though I know like you sort of underplayed it pretty dramatically but you've got a, a, a comprehensive amount of experience across you've done some powerlifting yeah strength yeah. conditioning yeah. sort of things i think that's pretty unique in, yeah. in your in in bikini i know you started yeah. in in fitness there's a bit of interplay in the terms between different federations mm-hmm. um so bikini is pretty standard across all the different federations really in, yeah. i think whereas some some organizations will call it fitness others will call it figure it's just a little bit more muscle mass, isn't yeah, it, really? Yeah. Then there's sort of leads into more the, the, the traditional physique kind of category for females. Yeah, yeah? it's the, the physical figure. Physical yeah. figure and women's bodybuilding yeah. you know, sort of carries on from there. Yeah. So, And that's evolved probably in the last decade. And your physique, as you said, you've, you started off in um, fitness, yeah. which carries – a little bit more muscle yeah, than yeah. you know certainly than bikini yeah, and you've had more. to change your training i have recently. so what have you what have you had to shift around i have to actually be quite a bit smaller so i am having to stop a lot of my upper body uh, training so that i can come in smaller up there and increase my uh, my leg days i guess or my glute training so yep. that i can keep some size there as well so my last prep i came in quite hard very lean and i i still hold held quite a bit of muscle and i was in bikini so i was definitely borderline between fitness and bikini and i guess for this international show i've been requested to come in just a little bit smaller and not as hard so it's okay. definitely been challenging i guess mentally as well because i'm yeah. so used to training a, a certain way i mean even cutting out all of my strength stuff like not even doing deadlifts or or squats or anything like that so that's my next question but yeah that's a it's fairly i guess an unusual comp prep yeah. approach most people want to come in as lean and as hard and as muscular as they can yeah. trying to come in a bit softer and a bit smaller can you define pretty, what smaller means less muscle less muscle, less muscle. Yeah. 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 yeah so still in good condition and all yeah. the usual stuff yeah. it's just Again, to fit into the category, you've obviously got to meet whatever the federation's yeah. looking for, and yeah. that's just how it works, yeah. yeah? I mean, glutes, you mentioned the word glutes, and glutes, so Rachel and I, we're going to team up, and we're going to run some workshops yes. on training glutes, and we're yeah. going to get some info about that out there pretty soon. <laughs> what are you laughing at? What are you about to say? <laughs> what am I about to say? You have a lot of knowledge on glutes. No, no, I know a little bit about glutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually think, well, you know, in, in, in the bikini world, uh, of competition, it's all about glutes. It's massive. It's massively about yeah. glutes. Probably less so shoulders, yeah. but certainly shoulders are a play. It's about yeah. the, the the overall package. Yeah. A lot of people, I guess, in saying that as well, it's 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 federation as well. It is. It's different federation. So yep. for the WBFF, this is the the requirement. Yep. For other federations, for bikini, it's quite different. Yeah, so, and you would, yeah. you would modify your approach according to whatever that yep. federation yeah. was going to be. Yeah, absolutely, and that's where. 
So coaches are obviously federation specific? Oh, no. No, not no. really. Some of the, for the WBFF mostly, they, they will be federation specific, mm-hmm. but a lot of coaches out there, I do know they'll do a variety of them, but most okay. of the mm. WBFF will do a family, it's a family group mm. thing. It's pretty okay. cool. And that's where, you know, you need to make a decision. If you're going to compete, you know, it's pretty hard to a month out say, oh, I'm going to get on stage. Well, that doesn't yeah. happen, does it? It doesn't happen. No. Well, it's no, probably unless you're in, condition in, in great condition. <laughs> but if you've got to tweak your physique, yeah. you know, that doesn't happen overnight. So you've got to, if you make a decision, I'm going to go with NABA or I'm going to go with ICN or I'm going to go with IFBB or WBFF or Physical Culture Australia. I'm trying to think of all of them so I don't alienate anybody. But, you know, so depending on which federation you want to go with, because we are non-federation specific on this podcast, we want to be friends with everybody. So say I do want to compete, and that's yeah. I appreciate that. How do I pick who I want to compete with, and how do I find a coach? Rach? Is that a – obviously, Rach is my new coach if I go. But sure. I'm pretty sure you're not going to go, mate. No. Right. Over 60 category. To be honest, I guess it's all it's all personal preference. You, you've got to really watch the shows yourself. Um, don't just go uh, – don't just have a list of federations that you'd like to try and just pick one out of the lot. Watch them. Go to one as well. See mm-hmm. what your actual physique looks like as well. Um, and then do your research on, on coaches as well. Look, mm. look for credibility. Credibility, like have they coached other people that have placed before? Yeah. That's so I'm finding all this on Dr. Google? No, no, you go to the, the, the respective websites for to the, the federations. federations. Yeah, yeah, the information. they've all got, they've re- all got social accredited, media presence. Yeah. Accredited got, coaches, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They won't necessarily have certified coaches, mm-hmm. but they will have – I don't think they will necessarily promote a particular coach, but if those coaches who work specifically, say WBFF, They'll have a presence on social media as well, and you'll be able to track them down. It's not that yeah. hard. We'll be able um, to drop some links at the bottom of this to people can follow and have a look. Yeah, sure. Do they exist? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Gleason, yeah, Rachel Gleason, <laughs> WBF, the Dr. Mac. That's probably two. Just drop those straight in. Men's a little bit different. Men's physique, men's traditional bodybuilding is a little bit different. So some federations, so we've mentioned the WBFF, have a muscle model category, yep. which is – very similar to a classic physique in, say, an IFBB versus traditional bodybuilding. So it's a different look. It just depends on what your physique is. So there's some people who just, whether it's genetically, really struggle to build a lot of muscle, but they can get lean. So they might be better off in a particular category, whereas some, you know, those very fortunate people on the planet who build muscle easily and you know, can get in great shape, then bodybuilding's the way to go, right, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. I think the the beauty of it is – so I did a comp a long, long time ago. Did you really? I did. I did really well too, Greg. So but did you? Anyway, happen. yeah, there's no photos. <laughs> there are photos, but they're not on social media, so it never happened, right? There wasn't any – there was only Just really two Instagram? options. Yeah, well before Instagram. When wow. did Instagram come out? I don't know. When did you come out? When did Instagram oh, come God. out? Well, this is before the internet, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. So did it really happen? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to find I some photos. Find, I see photos. I'm going to find some. Okay. You'll just go, man, you look amazing. We're and going to put these on yes, bodyscience.com.au forward slash podcast. You'll find it? Yeah, I'll find it. You can do a lot with Photoshop these days. Anyway, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, see, this is what happened. I'm off track. But there wasn't a lot of options. Mm. With You either went mainstream, mainstream bodybuilding. Yeah. You know, just got as big and as ripped as you possibly could. And that's what you did. And that's so I rolled around at 123 kilos in the off season. I'm not saying that was quality. Stop it. But I was I was large for a guy that's only five seven. Anyway, but that's wow, a long 123. Time ago. That's the biggest I ever got. Yeah, yeah. What'd you stand on stage at? Ninety five. 
94, 95 kilos. Wow. Yeah. So it was a long trip down. That's a big trip. It was a 30 kilo trip. It wasn't a journey. It was a path. Anyway, and how long it's not you about me. Hey? How long did you prep for to, lose, uh, to do that? 14 weeks. 14. I think yeah. that's an important thing to touch on as well is your condition that you're in prior to deciding that you're actually going to do a, a competition Absolutely. as well. Like if you're a bigger bigger person, okay, yeah. and you'd like to get into a fitness competition, it's important to realise that it does take a very, very long time to actually get town to even just a like a not even stage weight, but just You didn't put on overnight, you're not gonna lose it overnight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you've got to be realistic around yeah. what your expectations yeah. are. And that's, there's been this evolution of transformation categories yeah. and they become really popular. So, you know, there are people who, you know, let's say carrying a lot of weight, right? Okay, so yeah. there's some people who are on the, on the larger side but are motivated to compete. And it, for them, it's not always even about winning. It's about the whole challenge around can I do this, can I yeah. get on stage? You know what, a credit to them, yeah? yeah Absolutely. Because yeah. um, the stage is – Hides nothing, man. No, the the yeah. lights, the lights on stage. Like you, you'll be in the gym, and people will be taking their photos on social media in the gym, and they look really good, right? The stage and the lights show every flaw in your physique. They don't lie. You know, they do not lie. You cannot escape. That's pretty confronting yeah. for for a lot of people yeah. who, you know, if you've had to come a really long way, if you've had to drop sixty kilos of body weight and fat yeah. to get on stage, then um, did you say sixty? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking. Some, some people will go from a from that point and think that they want to do a competition, and maybe even get to sixteen out sixteen weeks out from a competition when they're not even close to being ready, and mm. still work towards doing it. That's a difficult road. Yeah, it's, it is a difficult. And that's road. why you need a coach. Well, yeah. Well, and being realistic, I guess, before mm. you even think about getting a coach, is how how do you how well do you think how do you think you'll go with losing that amount of weight? Yeah. and still keeping condition as well. Yeah. And that's where why you're competing, and that, and there's a lot of reasons why people compete. And and if it's just about personal achievement and fulfilment of a goal, Happy fantastic, days. right? Yep. But if it's about you know what, this thing's my career. I want to win a world title. Then not everyone can win a world title. You know, not everyone can turn pro. I mean, it's a really competitive industry, yeah. and it's evolving. It's 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 billions of dollars, as as everybody knows. And so you know, it's it's competitive. So I think you've got to be realistic around what's what you can achieve you know we're not going to go there but you know in terms of you know pharmacological enhancements it's not going to it doesn't matter man like you know you're not going to be an ifbb pro or a wbff or any other pro on the back of unless without a lot of hard work yeah. right and you just can't do it i mm -hmm. mean it's you know there's the people that are able to achieve that are and I'm not trying to discourage people from competing at all. I think you know people should compete if they want to compete. Fantastic, because it's a great it's a great thing to to experience that comp prep. Stay on task, keep the discipline, go through the process, come out the other end of it, and you'll be in the best shape of your life. And you know what? Enjoy the experience, as we said before, and then say, you know what? I'm going to do another one, another one, another one, because your physique will evolve. Yeah. And this is you know you did yeah. third comp, yeah. um, changed federations. Great example of how that decision making sort of happened. Categories, not changed categories. Sorry, yeah, yeah, that's a process, right? Um, very few people, and I've, I've seen it happen, but it doesn't happen very often. People will not walk on a stage and win and turn pro in their first comp. Yep. It happens, but it doesn't happen very often. So st stepping back. Yep. And you two are experts. I've never played this game before, but I've been in the industry a long time. Say somebody comes to me and says, I want to I want to compete. And you can see, you can look at them and go, 
you got a lot of work to do. You've got to be real. You've got to give them tough love and you've got to give them the hard word. If they're not ready, you've got to be realistic and you've got to let them know that, you know, yep. if they do want to do it, maybe suggest a comp that's another year away or in a, a good amount of time away that they will be prepared to do it. Yep. You don't want to trade, put someone through a prep that you know they're not going to be ready for. Okay. For yep. yourself and for that person as well. So, so yeah. would you suggest something like these ASN challenges or these EMF challenges as a starting point for somebody who's not a, a, a true competitor and – yeah, I mean, anything like that, like anything is that, is that, that a good start you to, to, yeah, to yeah, see whether you can do the 12 to 16 weeks or whatever it is to... Yeah, for sure. I mean, anything that can motivate you to instill some change. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic, right? And, you know, what Rachel said, I mean, I, I one, of the, one of my little catch cries in uh, dealing with athletes is, you know, don't ignore reality, right? Yep. And don't avoid brutality was is the other thing. And so Wayne Bennett, who's a pretty famous rugby league coach, pretty famous, very famous, yeah. I had a fair bit to do with him when I was a junior rugby league player. And that's one of the things he used is to always say. Is this before 123 kilos? Or well after? before, man. <laughs> well before, well before, okay, yeah. Well before. Okay. This was post-rugby league career yep. after the realisation that I wasn't going to play for Australia. Okay. Anyway, um, it's not about me, Greg. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, I mean, it's the conversations. Like, you know what? And this is where it comes down to – because, you know, some people may not be as ethically – you know, sound or you know, moral compass may not be where you'd like it to be. So you want to you want someone who will tell you how it's where it's at. Because you can if you shop around for a coach and a coach will say, yeah, yeah, I can get you ready in six weeks. Yep. You've got to lose forty five kilos, but I can do that. You know, that's not going to happen, right? Whereas you know you can find a coach that says, you know what, realistically, why do you want to compete? Well, I want to compete because it's a you know been a lifelong goal of mine. You know, I know I'm probably not going to win, but I really want to get into the best shape of my life. I've got a wedding coming up. I don't know. It could be a million different things, right? Then in that case, it's like, well, let's let's do it. We're 14 weeks out. Let's let's go for it and let's see where we end up. Mm-hmm. That, nothing wrong with that versus, you know, being – or you might say, you know what, if your goal is to win this thing or whatever, then it might be, you know, well, let's let's shift the focus 12 months. Which is what you said before. Which is exactly yeah. what you just yeah. said. You know, let's let's – you know, methodically map this thing out because, you know, it's all about the, the devil's in the detail. You know, let's map this out. 12 months of detail. Wow. Oh, that's an annual plan, man. That's, that's how we roll, plan. don't we? You know, if it's an Olympic cycle, it's quadrennial, right? It's a yeah, four-year yeah. plan. And that's the approach, whether it's whether it's physique, whether it's, you know, volleyball, it doesn't matter. You know, this is what I say to junior strength conditioning coaches Say, so, well, tell me what you're going to do, right? I want to see what you're going to do, you know, whether it's in a four-week block in, you know, mesocycles. Yeah. I work in four- to six-week blocks. Okay, so everything you're doing in that four- to six-week block that leads into the next one, into the next one, into the next one, working back on a calendar from your target, comp day, yep. you know, is is mapped out. What you're going to eat, when you're going to eat it, how you're going to eat it, you know, um, what you do in the gym, every session, rep ranges. You tweak that as you need to yep. throughout the prep. You know, that's where it's at because otherwise you end up guessing or flying from the hip and that's not going to work. For I find for novices, most – this is what I see with a lot of different sports and comp prep. It, people who are genuine novices will adapt to nearly anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you can – you don't have to be a genius to rip fat off people. It's easy to pull fat off people, yep. really easy. Gaining muscle is much more challenging and maintaining muscle while you rip fat off people is a bit more of a challenge, big time. But you know what? If someone just comes in blank canvas, never done a thing, we can get them in shape. We can get them in much better shape than they're in right now pretty easily by giving them 
nothing particularly groundbreaking. But once you get to Rachel's level, once you get to a pro level, you're talking competing against other pros, world standard, national standard, even state standard. The the margin for detail is much less. You've just got to you've got to be really methodical. You know, yeah. there's a couple of guys I'm helping prep for the worlds, mm-hmm. and so we've mapped out every workout, and we started, you know, 18 weeks ago. Well, no, we didn't. We started at 18 weeks, but it's every workout, every meal, everything, sleep, supplements, the works for wow. that whole prep. So there's no guesswork, and there's no you know, things don't go wrong. You can always tweak it. Yeah. You know, that's what it's all about, changing things up. Yeah, well, that's <coughs> anyway, why that's where it's yeah, at. That's yeah. why it is important to have a long prep for those Yeah. if, if things do go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. you've still got the time to fix it. And the other and thing... how long is your prep? Um, I, I usually do... It just depends on where I'm at beforehand, but usually about 20 to 16 weeks, but only because I like to do... Just get my head into a state of, yes, I'm going to be starting to compete again. I, you know, I look at where my macros are at. I start to increase them. I start get, to get back into a routine. So usually the first month is just me getting back into a routine of now I'm going to be competing and then it starts to get really serious. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. So I think somewhere in there we mentioned glutes. Yes. You did. <laughs> what's your go-to, Rach? What's your, what's your top couple of glutes? You got a couple of go-tos with your glute training? Yes, yes. Well, see, I, I love training glutes. I usually do quite a bit of activators before I do anything but so thrusts, what do you what do you call what are you, your activators what are you what are your sort of routine for that so people won't know what that is um, so using the resistance bands yep. just to wake up your glutes before you do any kind of exercise because mm-hmm. a lot of the time you're sitting on your you're sitting on your butt most of the day you're not really using them so yep. um, using a resistance band to I guess wake them up mm-hmm. is what's going to help you get um, some better results after you've actually trained done a full glute session Yep. Yes, my my go to is a hip thrust. Yeah, absolutely, and kickbacks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yep. Do you do them on a? Would you do them on a reverse hyper machine? How do you do your kickbacks? Do you have a kickback machine? Or uh, something? No, well, I don't. Not at my gym. I just use the cable. Oh yeah. With the attachment. Yeah. Right, cool. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna talk. We're gonna do. We might even do a whole podcast on glutes. Yeah. I think you should. We're certainly gonna do a workshop. I I like to talk around uh, some of the mechanics around glutes, and you know, my thing is fiber type training, right? I, I I'm big on because we know a lot around fiber type distribution, and and we know the, the glutes. I think are that well, people sort of throw rocks at me when I say this, but I actually think glutes are pretty easy to train. I actually, I reckon I can make people's glutes grow pretty easily. From a all right, I know we'll I'm have here. a conversation, right? <laughs> so, but from a type one, type two muscle distribution, yeah. And this is another podcast, but the, the cadaver studies that were done some time ago, that gave in the seventies, right? We had some studies that were done on muscle fiber type distributions for the whole body yep. right and so this is public available no one even really looks at it but your glutes are about 50 50 type 1 type 2 now that's going to vary a lot because we do there are absolutely epigenetic shifts we see so epigenetics is what you're born with yep. really fundamentally epigenetic is what happens after that effectively and adaptations to training and again i'm on a rant but that's where a lot of studies with twins you take one twin and they become non-athletic and you take the other twin, not you know, literally, but the other twin decides they're going to be a bodybuilder or a marathon runner or something like that, right? If you grab those twins late in life and you do muscle fiber typing, they will be very, very different. Mm-hmm. So the, the traditional, when I was at uni, a long time, when I was sort of doing my undergrad degree, we were always taught it was set and you couldn't shift type two muscle fibers to type one and back and forth. Okay. Rubbish. You absolutely can, right? And we know that and it's been done to death. But so the glutes traditionally about 50-50. So if they're 50-50 fast and slow twitch, how you load them and how you work on their volume, pretty easy. 
want to recruit fast, um, high reward emotor units, type two muscle fibers, you got to train heavy. Yeah. You know, that's your deadlifts, your thrusts, and yeah. your stuff like that, right? Your rep, your rep ranges are going to be on the lower end, maybe six and eights, and maybe even fours. I'm not a fan of singles and doubles in physique athletes. I just don't. I just think if you keep the main thing, the main thing. If you want to be strong versus you want to develop muscle mass, it's a little bit different. Yep. There's a neural component versus not. And I notice a lot of girls doing a lot of one RMs. Yeah, they still do it. Yeah, I know, right? Mm. And I just, I just say, why, why? You know, like, because it doesn't matter when you're on stage. No one cares what you can squat. No one cares what you bench. Nope. And then I have a conversation around you bench also press. Risk injury as well. Absolutely right. But anyway, so you can. The beauty of that is that we can really mix up your glute training. Is probably where I'm getting to eventually, mm. with some heavy work, mm-hmm. some higher volume work, different angles, and you can get some junk in the trunk pretty quick. Yeah, nice. One of the things because Australia, Australia, we're you know it's, we're a long <laughs> way from everywhere in Australia, right? So you're going to get so much hate on that now. You know that. Why? <laughs> You're taking the piss out of Australia. I'm an Aussie. I what are you talking that. about? You couldn't get more Australian than me. I'm from Chinchilla, Western Queensland, mate. You're Chinchilla boy. Queensland. Wow. 100% born and bred. Doesn't get any more Australian. Anyway. Um, so let's say hypothetically, Rach, if you're going to go and do the Worlds, it's in Vegas, right? Yeah. You say to yourself, well, there's a lot that happens in terms of getting to Vegas and the whole jet lag side of things and, you know, what do we do and how do we do it and what's best practice and this is where – anecdotal, you know, well, Billy did this and it worked okay for Billy, so I'm going to do what Billy did. There's not a lot of research, right? If someone said to me, pull out the research on international travel for, for physique competition, there's this many articles, right? We have to rely on what people have done yeah. for sure. So it's a 14, about 13 hours, 12 and a half hours from Brisbane to LA. Yep. And so you ask yourself some questions. I've got to get to Vegas, right? So do I get – a lot of people go to LA, stop in LA, which I probably recommend, spend, some, spend a few days in LA – Reset the system, and then you can get to you know you can drive to Vegas in Couple three hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get some. Yeah, you know, everyone visits the Mecca, the Mecca and you yeah, know, go to the firehouse and yeah. you do the whole yeah, thing right. right, and that's the right of passage, right? And that's pretty cool. Yeah, part of the journey, Mac. <laughs> it's part of the trip, pathway. the pathway the to get to Vegas. So again, this is you know again, there's no science in this, but I again, I'm all about getting there early. Yeah, what's early? Oh, minimum one week. Okay. So if you think about the science, so if you think about the science of jet lag, yep. you think you're looking at if you're traveling east, which we are, there's a for every time zone you pass, there's about a day in terms of circadian rhythm adaptation. There it is again. Right? Yep. So if you cross seven time zones, and how many between here and LA? I think there's six. I wouldn't have a clue. I'd have to check. I can't remember. Anyway, there's about a day in terms of return to normal. Function. Mm-hmm. That's been done to death. And yep. so we know that jet lag – so jet lag's a thing, right? It's a bona fide, you know, sleep disorder that we see. Anyway, so when we're travelling – I've just jumped on the plane. So we jumped on the plane. We're travelling from Brisbane to LA, 12-and-a-half-hour flight. What do we do on the flight? We leave at 10 a.m. in Brisbane or Sydney. It doesn't really matter. And you're going to arrive about 6 a.m. in LA the same day, right? Mm-hmm. So you add a day. You gather a day. Sleep's really important. So in terms of balancing the, the diurnal clock or the circadian rhythm is about – there's a few things that are important. Exposure to light, sleep, and food. And exercise is probably the fourth one there. Water? Yeah, well, that's part of the food, <laughs> okay. nutrition. Water. Water's huge, right? So that's what you were talking about before. Yeah, so yeah. the recommendations – and this is based on experience, right? There's no research that I can find. And if someone can find it, 
send it in because that'd be cool. What's realistic? About 500 mils. Uh, we've been talking about yeah. with rage. About 500 mils of water for every hour of flight. Now, I actually recommend that people get some sleep on the plane, and I'm not a fan of eating on planes for comp prep. What I recommend that they do is, so you've got 12 hours to work with. I'm going to arrive at 6 a.m. So if I work back from that, six hours into the flight is effectively midnight in L.A. So I try and get people to go to sleep for that last five or six hours of the flight, watch a movie, eat some food, get your fluids in um, for the first five to six hours of the flight. And then the back end of the flight, maybe, I mean, it's hard to sleep on planes, but particularly economy class. You're normally in first class, aren't you? I do like turning left when I walk in. Yeah, yeah please. Yeah. So then there actually is a section down the other end. It's called economy. Okay. Yeah, that's where I spend my entire life. <laughs> right down the back, there's a toilet, and I'm just next to the toilet. That would have been good at 123 kilos. That's no good at any kilos, let me tell you. Anyway, try and get up a couple of hours before you land. So set your watch to the destination Definitely. when you get on the plane. Definitely. Your life changes. We don't talk about the old time. <laughs> no, that's right. Okay. So... And set it so that you – and it's a challenge because flight crews like to wake you up. I don't know. Maybe you have a chat with them and say, look, I'm going to sleep. Can you leave me alone? Try and get up a couple of hours before you land and that gets you another litre or so of fluid in. Yeah. And then I always choose my hotels on their proximity to a gym mm-hmm. and usually a Whole Foods or some other sort of department, um, uh, grocery store. You know, I'll stay in a really crappy hotel if it's right next to a gym and a grocery store. I know you won't. It's but not about me. Bray's probably, probably more like me. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll, I'll choose my hotel. And, you know, how many experiences you had choosing hotels online? Man, and they've been up like nothing like the like picture. But anyway, get some sleep. Yeah, usual sort of thing. And be organised. And my other little tip for people travelling and I is is the backpack tip. So you're, always, saying, you're saying get some – oh, I do like what you're about to say. Well, I know. Well, you always say. Yeah. Well, well, I always say to people like Rachel, if Rachel's going to do the worlds, the, the tip is very much you got to have a backpack in the bottom of your bag. Yeah. People say, "What do I need that for?" Well, you need to put the trophy in to bring it home, right? <laughs> We're not going there to lose, right? Exactly. We're going there to take this thing over. And anyway, a couple other little tips. Can I just ask a question? Yes. You said try and get six hours sleep. No, nah, well, I'm being uh, optimistic. Are we closing our eyes to go to sleep, or are we seeing the doctor first, getting a script, and going to sleep? Uh, well, you're about to get on a plane for 14 hours. What's so my, my recommendation is I would say take something Okay. Yeah, to help you sleep. Yeah, and, th- and that could be – and there are there are some pretty good products that are natural, natural-based products, some sleep aids. So you can play around with some of those. We're talking than, about a pro going to LA to like, – yeah. you don't take a sleeping pill. So that's okay. It's not yeah, I think that's fine. No damage, no – No, it's fine. Okay. You know, given you're going to arrive, you've got a week. Yep. You've got, you got plenty of time. Perfect. You know, it's, we, we're staying within the parameters of – competing competing and things like that with different federations so yeah absolutely i don't think there's any problem with that i think okay. it's pretty mainstream some people won't want to do it some people will because it's pretty hard to just go ah oh, i'm gonna go to sleep now exactly yeah. yeah and you've just placed high importance on sleep so correct yeah hotel room extra sheets for the tan mm. go to target or somewhere and buy some cheap stuff that you can put down like a you know an old towel on the toilet seat they actually have i don't actually know the name of them but you can get I think it's called a tansy, maybe. Yeah, a tansy. Yeah, you, you sleep in it. Yeah, it's Perfect. like a, a bodysuit, but it's a loose bodysuit. Have, have you used I a tansy? I haven't got one, but I will be looking into it for for if I do compete. A tansy. I like it. When you arrive, we want exposure to light. Yep. So there's a conversation there into uh, the central regulator of circadian rhythm. So it's called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, the SCN. So that's it's within your hypothalamus and it's the central regulator of pretty much all 
daily function of the body. And there's these little light receptors in your retina called melanopsin. Mm -hmm. And so we want exposure to light. And the brighter the light, the better. So I mean daylight, outside daylight. No sunglasses. Well, within reason. You're in LA. Yeah, I know. You want to be cool. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, I didn't think of that. But you want some exposure to that light. Okay. Okay. As long as you look, as long as you still look cool. Oh, over the top look. Yeah, okay. something, right? A little something. Want to get some food in. And I actually would say, let's exercise. Let's go and train. Let's go and get a workout in. You know, it's not going to be, you know, bust your backside, deadlifts, 1RMs and that sort of thing. It's going to be, let's let's just get back into the rhythm. Let's just get some blood flow. Let's get a pump on. You know, let's get some, you know, let's go from there. So so where are we at with caffeine? In this I'm a huge fan. I know you're a yeah. massive fan. All day. No problems. All day, every day, caffeine. <laughs> we probably so need to do another. We've landed. Up. We've got a good hotel near yeah. the gym. Yeah. We've had a feed. Yeah. We're drinking coffee. Yeah. For sure. We're yeah. going for a train. Yep. Absolutely. And we're not going to sleep till that night. Okay. Yeah, we're going to stay awake because we want to get back into the normal day-to-day rollout of things as quickly as we possibly can. We want to try and preserve that sleep so that, you know, if you get home and you sleep, you know, you crash and you go to sleep at midday, you're not going to sleep that night. So we try and preserve that as much as we possibly can. And you do that by setting your watch and yeah. getting getting on time and that yeah. sort of thing. And really then, as quickly as you can drop into your normal routine, the better. And I think that's, that's the key. And caffeine, there are some persons who might challenge the caffeine on stimulants and cortisol and hormones and stuff like that. And we're going to have to talk about this in another podcast probably, but we do adapt to caffeine, right? There's no question. So we do develop a tolerance to caffeine. There's these spikes in cortisol that we see, and it it will produce cortisol, but you know what? So does the light, so does the sleep um, modification, so does everything else, right? It's traffic in LA. You're not going to get away from, you're not going to get away from it. So and the and the, the the additional stimulus that caffeine will make is neither here nor there. We've talked about you know cortisol's half life six uh, sixty minutes, so spikes down, spikes down, spikes down all day, no big deal. Let's just get into a normal thing. And if the last thing you want to try and do is go cold turkey on caffeine, pre comp. I mean, why would you do that to yourself? Yeah, no. anyway, so that that's kind of my advice around that. You know, Any little tips on meal timing? We're on the other side of the world. Body's not doing what it's normally doing the first day or two. I think that you just want to get into a normal routine as much as you can. I think you want to think about fiber. You, you know, we don't want anything that's going to disturb your gut. So as quickly as you can drop into your normal nutritional re- regime, the better. If you arrive in LA at 6 a.m., by the time you get through customs, get to your hotel, drop off your stuff, it's going to be 9 a.m. Probably traffic and stuff like that. So, and depends where you stay. You know, I'm kicking my day off. That's my breakfast. Mm. You know, you kick your day off with breakfast and whatever regime you've got around your macros and things like that. And then, then you just drop into your normal routine. So, I've got a little stupid question here because oh. I'm learning so much today. I'm loving this. We're talking about Tweak Week earlier. Yes. Tweak Week is happening once we land, or Tweak Week is happening before we take off? Well, no. it would have already started before you. It depends on depends on when you go. Yeah, when you go. So you say get there a week early. Yeah. Yeah, I'm tweaking when I get as soon as I've arrived. As soon as you arrived, okay. Yeah. So in a perfect world, you in like in a perfect world, I would go ten days before. How long are you going to go if you do compete? That is, if you were, yeah, hypothetically, if you were a week or two, a week, yeah. somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's the thing, you know, you know take holidays and from work and you know there's a whole lot of things that go into this you know budgets and stuff like mm. that so i would be saying let's just let's arrive like if it's saturday work back from that try and arrive maybe on the wednesday or thursday the week before yep. gives you a couple of days to 
find your feet and then you've rolled into your week's prep around and it doesn't have to be a week it doesn't have to be seven days could be eight six whatever um it's more around getting back into that that rhythm there's there's no research on this right so it's all experience and bit of hit and miss and you know again what what might work for rage might what not work for you or whatever it might be so you're just gonna you know have to play around with it a little bit and that's where little subtle nuances around not nitrogen um sodium water yeah. carbs you just got to tweak it mm. yeah peak it and then you know whether you drive out to vegas or catch a plane it's up to you yeah. you know it's neither here nor there but i think that's that's the main thing with you with your jet lag and then coming home doesn't really matter because the no, comp's over. God no. <laughs> so Taking and all my treats on the plane. Most people probably hang around and hit a couple of pool parties in Vegas before they come home anyway, so they're probably carb loaded. So. Yeah. You'd hope so. You, you yeah. would expect so, perhaps, yeah. I would I would probably, you know, just stay in the gym and do my thing. You know, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But I think that's about it, yeah. So awesome. Thanks for being here, no, Rach. That's really me. cool. Yeah, it's it awesome. good to get a competitor's perspective on this sort of thing and yeah, my pleasure. Hopefully, some, I'm sure there is some really usable stuff in there for um, the listeners. So, Rach, how do we find you? If somebody wants to check you out, what do they do? Uh, go to my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that is Rachel Gleason underscore WBFF Pro, and that's an AEL. Rachel, I do have an email there, or you can just send me a DM. What depends on whatever you're wanting to ask, any questions, I'm here to help. And if I'm uh, looking to compete, not me personally, but someone listening, are you ready for someone to contact you Absolutely. about coaching? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Are you a face to face or an online coach? Well, it just depends. It was kind of what we were talking about before. If you have already competed before, then yeah, yeah absolutely. We, we can work out some online stuff. But if you've never competed before, then maybe we do a little bit more talking before we, I guess, dive into doing a prep. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you awesome. very much for I coming on. I forgot to ask you sure. what your favourite glute exercises are, but I'll ask you next time. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> Give you a little time to think about it. Standing up. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. No, thank See you, you next time. Today's podcast was brought to you by our partners in Fit, Happy and Healthy, ASN, Nutrition Warehouse, DY Discount Vitamins, Fat Burners Only, Evelyn Fay, Mr. Supplement, or find a retailer online at bodyscience.com.au forward slash retailers.